Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1512 with Ben Shapiro. This will be a pretty short episode since most of the raw info that he said was true. If you are not a Ben Shapiro-style conservative, you will obviously disagree with his interpretations of the information, but for the most part, the information he said itself was true, with a few exceptions. I sometimes listen to episodes of Joe Rogan on 1.25 speed in order to listen to them faster so that I can start investigating even faster. But I could not do that with this episode because he speaks so fast that he became incomprehensible at 1.25 speed. I would also like to note that elk meat was offered to him a mere one minute into the podcast, one minute and two seconds to be exact, which I think is some sort of a record for fastest that has happened. I will be keeping note of this in the future to see if anyone can beat this record. But anyway, Ben Shapiro says he's lived in LA his whole life and that he saw it slide into a dangerous place to live. And I think this is sort of a common narrative for every city. People say, oh, wow, you know, it's so messed up now. It used to be, like, comfy and nice. But this is not the reality of L.A. In 2018, L.A. had a homicide rate of 6.4 per 100,000 people. And in 1980, it was 34.2 per 100,000 people. That is five times higher. And Ben Shapiro was born in 1984. So what this means is that during Ben Shapiro's lifetime, LA has in fact become significantly safer. So, so why is it that he thinks it's gotten more dangerous during his lifetime? Could he simply be misremembering his childhood on the hard streets of LA? No, I think it's probably because, as they talk about a bit later, there are lots of hobos everywhere in L.A. So even though Ben Shapiro is like a statistics uh, robot designed by, you know, you know Jewish engineers, uh, he's, he is being tricked by just sort of anecdotal evidence of just what you see when you walk around. L.A. looks dangerous. And he says that all these homeless people and things uh, became a problem because the LAPD used to be able to just kick people off the sidewalk, but now they cannot. And he says the police aren't allowed to move your stuff off the sidewalk, and you're allowed to live in your car, and basically that's what he blames for this situation. But is the LAPD actually legally powerless to do anything about this? Not really. If you actually look at the the laws about this, LA Municipal Code 41.18 says, quote, it is illegal to sit, lie, or sleep in or upon any street, sidewalk, or other public way. And then there's also 56.11, which says that police can confiscate things 
illegally kept on the street so long as they provide a 24-hour notice. And if it's a public safety hazard or it blocks a path, if it blocks a street or a sidewalk, then it can just be removed immediately without notice. And then 85.02 is about cars. And it is illegal to live in your car from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. in residential areas or at any time within a block of a park, a school, or daycare. However, it is legal to live in your car in other areas so long as you're following all the parking laws. So this is the one part of what Ben said about this that is partially true. In some places in LA, you can live in your car. So no, there aren't hobos everywhere because it is illegal to remove them. Making it illegal to be homeless does not stop people from becoming homeless. <laughs> you know, you're banned. Get out of here. Where are they going to go? It's just not really a solution. Another thing uh, that, they, that they say that is wrong pertaining to specific city laws is they say that in New York City right now, it is only legal to have BLM protests. And this is not really true. There is no specific ban on protests motivated by other ideologies or things. However, yes, they did choose to basically allow large BLM gatherings, but not allow, for instance, uh, the traditional Dominican Day Parade. So I do, I do feel like this is a distinction that is worth making. Other cities they talk about, Portland. And Ben says that the mayor of Portland said that he wouldn't arrest anyone who was trying to burn down things and he was just letting them do whatever, and then the feds had to come in. And this is not really what happened. The mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, said, quote, burning buildings with people inside, stealing from small and large businesses, threatening and harassing reporters, all in the middle of a pandemic where people have already lost everything. This isn't calling for meaningful change in our communities. This is disgusting. That is the stance of the mayor of Portland. That sounds like exactly the sort of thing Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro would both agree with. So I don't really know why they're blasting this guy. It's sort of like what I talked about in the Crystal Ball and Sager episode about New York. Everyone is blasting the mayor on both sides. And that's basically what's happening with Portland now, too. If you go on the internet and you go to liberal sites, you'll see that they're all mad. And like, oh, how could he do this? Police brutality, etc. And if you go to conservative websites, it's like, how could he let this happen? How, how could he let these looters run wild? The guy, <laughs> the guy cannot get any support from anywhere. It is unclear what he should have done exactly. But no, he did not just let people like do whatever they wanted, basically. Now, another thing they talk about a lot is Ben says single motherhood is the number one predictor of poverty. And yes, single motherhood is a pretty grim predictor. The poverty rate for all people in all female householder families is 26.8%. This is pretty bad. But it is not the number one worst. There is one thing worse for your chances of obtaining money. And that is being born Native American. 
28.3% of Native Americans are below the poverty line. This makes them the worst off demographic in America. Now, I know this is kind of nitpicking, saying, oh, what's the real number one? Like, who's the actual biggest victim? But it is actually Native Americans. They are the worst off demographic. The problem is, there's not that many of them. So you pretty much never hear about this. They pretty much never make the news. Even though there are other very small groups that frequently make the headlines or the internet discussion rounds. And I think it's kind of sad. They both give out marriage advice for a while. And then at some point while they're talking about seed spreading, they say that 10% of people are descended from Genghis Khan. And this is not true. They've probably just misremembered something. It's actually thought to be about half a percent of people, not 10%. So Genghis Khan had a lot of sex, but he did not have that much sex. Also, this is not something that's really confirmed. It's just a theory. Obviously, they don't know what genes Genghis Khan had. They didn't even have microscopes in Genghis Khan times. So this whole idea comes from scientists finding that a huge amount of people in this particular region had this particular gene. And then based on where these people live today and where Genghis Khan's empire was in history and traditional histories of the areas, they concluded that he's probably all of their great, 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 etc. grandfathers. Plus, he did have a reputation for raping large amounts of people. So it is pretty likely, even if it's not confirmed. And half a percent of people on the earth is still a pretty wild number. That is all I have to say about episode 1512. If there are particular episodes you think should be investigated, you can email me or message me on Twitter. I will probably make another poll on Twitter uh, to determine what the next episode to be investigated is, if nothing really stands out as being the obvious choice. And I will see you next episode.